0: of NBA Geekly, uh, presented to you by Geek Vibes Nation. I'm your host, Nick Smith, and joining me tonight is Joel Jimenez. What up, Joel?
1: What up, Nick? Oh,
0: not so much, man. Just fucking uh, so much shit to talk about. But before that, like, I know we talked about this just briefly uh, pre-show. Um, fucking... Uh, it, uh MLB postseason is going on. Like that's what's up. It's that's news. like this this is like the best time of year. You got the the MLB postseason All going sports. on right in the midst of October. You got NBA mm-hmm. basketball coming back. You got uh football like in full swing
2: um for me
0: college for you pro um, but, like, if, for college yeah. specifically, this is, like, right when you start to get into the heart of the season and you start to, like, kind of know who's your contenders and who who's your pretenders. Um, so, like, this is a beautiful part of the season for college football. Uh, but, man, I just love October sports season. It's the fucking best, dude. It's so fucking <laughs> awesome. Uh, and shout out to your Yankees, man. I fucking hate your team. Thank you. Um, but, uh, <laughs> hey, I'll they they a took care of
3: business. <laughs>
0: they they <laughs> yeah, right. Um I yeah, yeah. I specifically hate them because they beat us in two different World Series. Um especially ninety six, man. Ninety eight, like, they had the better team. Like ninety eight, mm-hmm. the Yankees were by far the best team, heads and above every other team. Ninety six, the Braves should have won that series. They they won the first two games uh, on the road. They won the first two games in New York, and then the Yankees won four in a row. It, it was like won three in Atlanta yeah. and then won uh, game six back home. Um,
3: that
0: was a tough look. That was a very tough look for, uh, for the Braves it. and old Bobby Cox. Um, but, hey, that's uh, – that's what you sign up for when you're uh, a fan of Atlanta sports teams. Um, that was, that was kind of the precursor of what was to uh But, uh, but yeah, man, uh, your team, your team has been doing good. Uh, it, it, do you want to offer anything
1: up about that? What, what you like about the Yankees, anything? No, I mean, I'm just, now's the real start for us, you know, the ALC, ALCS. Um, so it's like, um, mm-hmm. Now now where I'm worried. <laughs> like like it depends on who makes it, but obviously Houston I'm I'm expecting to meet, meet a yeah, meet Uh they're good. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, as long as now I'm more worried. I was never really that worried about whoever came up uh in the first round in that first round. But uh yeah, now yeah. now the real shit starts now, you know. So uh, now I'll be probably more paying paying attention a little closer. Um but this like if we can get well, past this and get to the World Series, I'll be I'll be comfortable. You know what's funny?
0: I'm, like, kind of the opposite. Like, I feel like if we manage to win game five, we being Mm -hmm. the Braves, um, then we'll definitely make it to the World Series. I'm not afraid of uh, the Nationals. We kicked their ass all season. I'm not afraid Mm -hmm. of the Dodgers. Um, They they have a slightly better record against us this season, but, like, the last series we played them – We took three games, uh, or two games out of three, Um, and I'm just, like, the way they play against the Nationals, I'm just like, yeah, I I never really was afraid of you, and now I'm definitely not, but I have always, (laughs) always fucking hated playing the Cardinals. Like, the Cardinals have had our number, like, forever, man. I fucking hate the Cardinals,
3: and, like, I never
0: used to hate the Cardinals. Like, I was always kind of, like, um, indifferent to them, I guess. Um but like especially after that uh that infield fly game uh like six, seven years ago, which was like, you know, kind of the, the, the quintessential like kind of Atlanta game where like something just like totally breaks against us and and we can't fucking rally, you know, because of it um like that uh that really kind of made me turn heel against the Cardinals um so yeah i just I fucking hate them uh and i was so mad that we lost uh game 4 um when we came back to kick that 4-3 lead and we we had the bases loaded twice and could not drive in runs uh late in that game uh, I was just like oh my god fucking typical Braves man we get so many hits and we can't convert them into runs
1: mm-hmm. um
0: but uh but
1: yeah I'm still
0: all that being said game 5 here in Atlanta um uh we we have um uh uh, uh coming up in uh game 5 uh he pitched mm-hmm. a fucking gem of a game in game 2 uh so yeah I'm uh I'm optimistic. I I uh I think we're going to win tomorrow night. So, uh fingers crossed. Um but dude, I would fucking love and and, and especially since the A's uh, lost that um playing game to to the Rays. Um I I would love nothing more than a brave mm-hmm. Yankees uh World Series. World Series. Uh we get mm-hmm. to have our banter. Um, and of course, like we get the, as, as a Braves fan, we get the prospect of of revenge uh, that has been seething since uh, 2000 or I'm sorry, 1996. Um, so yeah, that'd be great. That'd be a lot of fun. Oh, um, I'd love
1: to make it back to the World Series, man. I really would.
0: Yeah, I mean, me too. Like, I mean, it's it's been a lot longer for us. Um, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, I. I don't know. I think I like this Braves team, man. There's some magic to them. I think this, this team's kind of special, especially considering like all of the injuries and all of the guys who are playing like above their sort of pay grade. Um, you look at like a dude like Duvall who's come up so clutch, um, Swanson, uh, who's come up real clutch. And there was a lot of chatter as to whether he would even make the roster. Um, those like those are our two best hitters in this fucking series uh and like you know there there was no guarantee that either one of them were gonna make it on this team uh so yeah it's it's uh it's a very special team for me i'm 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 very optimistic uh about tomorrow uh and if we make it. Uh, if we win that game and make it to the NLCS, uh, I'm very optimistic that we can uh, that we can make it to the World Series. Um, I don't like our chances against either the Yankees or the Strohs, um, uh, to, to be perfectly honest. But, hey, if you get there, you get there, and then, you know, you just see what happens. That's the beauty of everything, sure. too. Like, every team who makes the playoffs has a chance. Like there's, like it's not like basketball where like some like you know a seven seed, you know like the Magic last year. You're like, yeah, like the Magic. Like no, no, with baseball every team has a team, mm-hmm. uh, and that's that's a kind of cool little difference um, as far as uh, that sport. I think the NFL has that going for them to some degree as well. Um, but yeah, uh, baseball, man. Uh, I never thought we would talk for what six minutes, uh, eight minutes about baseball on this Uh podcast, but we did, um, but anyway, uh, let's, uh, let's get into our topics, man, we got to talk about this whole China thing, it's fucking crazy, um, so I've taken some notes, um, and I just want to kind of recap what we are dealing with, what has happened so far, um, in this ongoing saga, um, but before I do that, I do want to provide some context, some brief context. I I feel like we could do a whole show on this, like a whole two-hour show on um, th- this sort of basketball meets geopolitical scale um, and all of this thing. But unfortunately, we don't have time. Nor would I think you would have the patience for, honestly. If I'm being totally honest, Joel. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I. I I do think we could do that, but we obviously can't do that because we do have to get to our Eastern (laughs) Conference predictions. Uh, We we have very little time before, uh, like, regular season NBA basketball starts back up, Um, so we do have to get to that. Yes, me too.
1: I'm enjoying
3: season, so imagine. <laughs> oh, dude, it's been
0: great. Like, that that fucking uh, that hawks Pelicans game, man. I wanted to go to that wow. game. Wow, um, that was a fun it, yeah, game. Yeah, like, fucking Zion was looking great. Um, The That's Hawks rookies were looking athletic. really good. Um,
1: mm-hmm. I, like, I, oh, I, man, I like that, that one play move that was, Trey put on JJ. That was oh, fucking hysterical. yeah.
3: Dude,
1: great. Like, dude, uh, game,
3: uh, I don't think it. the Hawks
0: are going to be very good this year, much to many Hawks fr- fans' chagrin. Um, but
3: I, coming, man.
0: I, I they're do think they're going to be super fun to watch, and I think they're going to be really good in the near future. Um, I agree so, with um, mm-hmm. but, uh, but anyway, let, so let me lay out some context, and this is a very abridged version, um. Uh, … of what Daryl Morey was tweeting about. So the Hong Kong protest began due to extrad- an, an extradition law that said China could take people from Hong Kong and prosecute them in China. Um, th- th- like I said, there was a lot that led up to this, um, and there's been a lot that's happened after, but this is the main crux of the matter as to why the Hong Kong protests have happened. Um, They – Hong Kong has has essentially acted very independently from China. They've had kind of a two-tier system as far as how they govern, Um, and and Hong Kong has has for a large part been able to kind of govern itself um, probably because they make uh, so much money, Um, and that's Mm -hmm. a good thing uh, for China. However, that relationship has been uh, in in high tension for probably like the past couple years, um, and it's kind of hit uh, come to a head, if you will, over the last like four or five months, leading to protests. Um, So, you know, that is the backdrop of uh, everything that we're about to talk about here. So, it gets kicked off with Daryl Morey uh, tweeting out a. Very very simple uh, seven word tweet. Uh, fight for freedom. Stand with Hong Kong. Uh, I don't think seven words have ever been more detrimental to the NBA than those seven words. Um, uh-huh, uh-huh. This this really like just it was immediate um, and it only escalated. Honestly, when when it kind of started last Friday, I thought. Oh, huh, this old I, I think I kinda caught wind of it Saturday maybe and I was like, Oh, this this might be something we talk about. I didn't realize it would be of this magnitude.
2: Um but it is.
0: Um so following that, uh Tilman the rocket's owner, um, basically came out and said Daryl doesn't speak for the rockets. Um, you know, like essentially like uh nothing to see here. Um this is not this is not the rockets talking. Um but that that did not slow down this runaway train. Um so uh you know, Chinese uh sponsors uh they cut ties with the Rockets. There's been multiple Chinese sponsors who have done so. Uh in the 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 Chinese basketball association uh condemned uh headed by Yao Ming, uh by the way, uh condemned uh Mori's comments. Uh, and then Tencent, uh the the uh multimedia company that airs uh games in China, they're kind of basically the NBA league pass of China. Um they basically just said they're not going to air Rockets games this season. Uh and um wow. essentially yeah, um and essentially that was, told that was uh, people <laughs> right. Exactly. Yao Ming and all that. Like definitely China's team. Um and and have kind of told people, um, like, hey, like, if, if the Rockets, you know, were your focus, like you could pick another team and you'll get to watch all their games. Um, so like that's that's uh that's where they stand on it. Okay, so uh like a couple a day or two later, Mori walked back his statement uh with a tweet saying he didn't mean to offend anybody Um, And that his view is just one side of a very complex matter. Um, He did not necessarily offer an apology. Um, You could read it as an apology, but he didn't really say, I'm sorry. Um, Specifically, he didn't say, I'm sorry. Um, But he did try to walk back his statement, which I kind of totally understand – uh despite I, I think it was done very begrudgingly obviously because he did not issue a specific apology um but he did kind of walk back uh his statement so the nba released a statement um shortly thereafter i think this was saturday um that was uh actually later mistranscribed uh by um by uh uh i guess I don't know who did the transcription. Um, but the the version that was sent out uh to China was was not exactly the NBA statement. We'll get into that in a second. Um but it, it, it failed to mention the protests, um and it did reaffirm the league's appreciation for China while recognizing Maury's right to hold his opinion. Um basically the mistranscription um was much harsher on Maury than what um, what the statement uh, that the NBA actually released um, was. Again, this is the abridged version, um, but there were discrepancies between those two things. Um, uh, to add on to all of this, uh, Joseph Tsai, the new owner of the Brooklyn Nets, released a statement. Um, basically, <laughs> I, I read – this is the thing that kind of pissed me off most about all of this, if I'm being completely honest. Um and and, and this is why. Uh just a statement, um you can look it up uh you know for our viewers. Um I'm not going to read it verbatim. It's really really long-winded. Um but it was kind of filled with like political speech like like there were numerous times where throughout his his um his comment or his statement that he mentioned um <laughs> essentially uh, a separatist movement like calling hong kong a separatist movement which is obviously political speech in favor of hong kong or I'm sorry in favor mm-hmm. of china um yeah. and uh he also mm-hmm. like uh basically um talked about the uh the The uh, like a brief history lesson as to why um, this is such a sensitive issue. Um, I did not take any umbrage with um, like that portion of it. I can I actually appreciated um, even though I was more or less well aware uh, uh, of that portion of history of China. um, I I do think it was important to bring that into context. and to uh, kind of be like, let's remember this is why this is such a sensitive issue for China. Um, I did not take umbrage there. I took umbrage with uh, the separatist movement uh, uh, slang that he chose to use several times without his statement, and uh, the fact that he chose every time he he talked about the Qing dynasty, which is um, you know the, the 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 governing power during which. Um, essentially, uh, b- British colonialism took place within uh, Hong Kong, and there were some other events, whether it be Japan invading, uh, and Japan did mm-hmm. utterly deplorable things uh, while they occupied China. Um, but he kept mm-hmm. referencing them as the weak king Dynasty. Like it, it, it sounded very Trumpian to me, um, mm-hmm. as far as how, like the way that. He chose to constantly put the adjective weak in front of the Qing Dynasty every time he brought them up in some way, shape, or form. Um, it, it, it was it, – it almost read to me as um, the devil you know is better than the devil you don't, um, like as, as almost kind of like a reminder um, like uh, to the people of China, like look at all these – outsiders who have come in here in the past and, and fucked our shit up. Like, you know, d- do you really have it so bad? Um, like, it, it just read really wrong to me. I took a lot of umbrage with his statement as a whole. Um, I will be honest there. Um, but anyway, he had his statement. Um, I do think, like I said, I think there were portions of it that were um, necessary, and, 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 and he obviously had to release a statement being, uh, you know, an owner of an NBA team um, who uh, has made so much money uh, via China. Um, Just like Daryl Morey had to walk back his statement, uh, just like the NBA has to take this middle-of-the-road stance. I get it all. Um, I just think the NBA and Daryl Morey, um, they they come off more, in my opinion, of doing this because they have to, whereas Joseph Tsai – I don't know if he feels like he's doing it because he has to or he's doing it because he is trying to take advantage of the situation or he's doing it because he actually believes it. Either of those latter two are very concerning to me, Um, you know, personally uh, for an NBA owner to to have that uh, opinion or that stance. Um, But that aside – um Adam Silver uh he spoke this morning on the issue. Um and he he kinda threw a little bit more support towards Maury, um, like citing uh, you know, essentially they, they fully support Maury and his his uh free speech on the matter mm-hmm. while still kinda walking the tightrope, you know, as not to offend China. Um, that hasn't necessarily helped though, because China has still um, decided to pull preseason games uh, from broadcasting, which I think is m- maybe in some ways a bluff to um, you know kind of throw out the threat that they might pull games altogether if something is not done that they um, feel like uh, kind of dissolves this shit, this issue. Um, however, uh, who knows if that will happen? Uh, Adam Silver is slated to meet with, uh, or is slated to be in Shanghai, uh, tomorrow and, and he hopes to meet with Yao Ming. Um, so we will see, um, you know, how, how all of that transpires. Um, and then to top it all off, uh, James Harden, uh, you know, felt the need to come out and apologize on behalf of the Rockets organization um for Maury's comments. All of this fucking whirlwind of shit, uh I know you and I are not geopolitical experts here. Um but like what mm-hmm. are your thoughts here? Mm-hmm. Like what like what are your takeaways from this shit show uh
1: that that
0: you know was all started by literally
1: seven words from a tweet. Um, well, the shit in China, the, the, that's some serious shit going on now. There, um, right. there's a lot of bad things going on over there. Uh, they don't exactly. It's not. It's not exactly what you call a free country. <laughs> uh, like like we we kind of take advantage of. Our, uh, like we have here, more or less. I mean, even though I things haven't most good and, here, yeah, because, and take for granted, uh, right? Yeah, we we do take for granted uh, a lot of the freedoms we have. We could talk all the shit we want to whoever we want, whenever we want.
3: Uh, not
1: so right. <laughs> not not the case uh, in a lot of other places. Um, even though our our head of state would love to
3: to be just like that. <laughs> um, yeah, he um, would.
1: <laughs> um kind of uh so like yeah that's the problem like they think you know they don't like you you know talking shit about them or or even though they didn't really talk shit they just took a side I guess um and um they took they took umbrage and they're kind of being a little petty on it and I get it but it seems like that's all the talk over there because uh it seems there's an issue every time someone brings it up because that happened recently with the, the girl that got casted with Mulan and her taking a side and it's just like one of those things where it's like it kind of brings in a lot of money I think that's where a lot of the right. things stands is that
0: a, there's a lot of to put it in context huh? too? not just a lot of money it's a gargantuan amount of money um, yeah. a, a lot. not just <laughs> money but viewership um, like mm-hmm. there was an estimate that said I think uh four hundred to five hundred million Chinese people watched the NBA last year in some form or capacity at some point in time. Um that like America is made up of the United States of America rather, is made up of like, mm-hmm. I don't know what, three hundred and seventy five million people. Like it's not mm-hmm. like we don't even like our total population doesn't equal the amount of people in China who it, at least passively watch NBA.
3: Yeah.
1: Uh, and like, it, it, the Chinese love basketball. Uh, so, one thing I've learned that anything about it is they love their goddamn basketball and they worship stuff on Marbury. It is. It you really know, is. I
0: mean, that's the thing. It really is because, like, there are so many countries, like, you know, uh, throughout the world who. Love various sports. I think, obviously, soccer uh, is the most um, m- most beloved sport throughout the world. Um, baseball has its little niches, whether it's uh, Cuba or Japan. I know uh, baseball is very popular in Japan, um, but, like, mm-hmm. basketball is the sport for China. Like, that is their mm-hmm. sport. That's the one they care about the most.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh,
1: and that's, like, other than here – you don't find that everywhere else, you know. That's why I love I love China for that fact. Is that they're probably second when it comes to the love of the game of basketball. China loves it. They're not the best at it, but they fucking love it.
3: <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Um right. And that could
1: change Absolutely. the future. You never know. Um, <clears throat> but as of right now, like it's just one of those things where, like, I think Gary Mori I'm I think he's in the right to say whatever he wants, and um, he's not wrong in what he said. Uh, it's just, but right. also, you. Know, but at, <laughs> it is also a business, and you got to be a little more mindful when you say shit like that, knowing how much money uh, China. And this, is, it's just, it's a complicated situation because you don't want to tell them to shut Very. up and don't say stuff. But at the, at the same time, you know, you're costing people money now too, so it's like one of those things where like ah, the catch-22, and you don't want to step on people's toes, you don't want to cost people fake but at the same time, there's some bad shit going on down there. and You know, cause if you're going to side Hong Kong, I can't argue with them, you know what I mean? It's just, it's just a very yeah. complicated situation. Dude, it is. And, like, I
0: I really had I, – I did – was one of the people who was kind of upset with the way the NBA handled it to begin with. I, I think th- – Adam Silver and the way that he handled it in the press conference in Japan today was much better. Um, But they were in a no win situation. Um, Adam Silver was in a no win situation. I mean, he basically pissed off uh, that, that original NBA statement pissed off everybody.
3: I mean, it pissed
0: off China because they were like, you're not firing or really condemning Maury. Um, And it, pissed off like Americans and just NBA fans in general um you know because a uh, a a lot of NBA fans and a lot of Americans have sort of um subscribed uh n- not subscribed that's not the right word um but they have they have um held up the NBA as this forward thinking progressive institution yeah. um mm-hmm. that 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 um essentially is is prideful and gives people platforms to speak on issues um that they care about um and and basically when that statement was released you know there was this backlash of oh okay so when 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 money comes into play you don't fucking really care um and absolutely that's totally true like when money comes into play that's the thing the the bathroom bill in charlotte um Or whether it be like players speaking out about Donald Trump, um, that does not affect the NBA's bottom line. It really doesn't. Their fan base, for the most part, um, is not a fan base that really cares if players um, criticize our current president or criticize a – I mean basically anti – like, basically like transphobic uh, bill. Um, that that was proposed in 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 uh, Charlotte or in in North Carolina rather, um, right? And and so, but like this this isn't a huge shock to me, um, mainly because and and you know we discussed this ad nauseum when it happened, but like when it came to the Dallas Mavericks and you know their situation and w- when all of this this Huge, like, story broke on the rampant sexual misconduct throughout that organization over years, over a decade, mm-hmm. um, and the NBA didn't do anything. Like, uh, essentially, Mark Cuban offered to donate $10 million to, like, a women's rights organization, and it was done. That was it. Like, and, oh, and he hired um, uh, a, a mm-hmm. female CEO. Yeah, and, like, uh, you know, it was like, okay, cool. Like, we're, we're done here. And I was like, wait, what? Like, we're we're done here. Like, we're just gonna like, we're not really going to penalize them at all. Like, um, and I I think that kind of painted, um, in broad strokes what we're seeing here. And like, it's like people are now just catching up to the fact that yeah, the NBA is a business too. Um, I honestly I still I I. I'm still more upset about how they handled that situation than how they are handling this situation, mainly because the bottom line is much bigger when it comes to China. It, it just is, and so I can understand it more. I can, I, I can um, understand why they are trying to walk this tightrope of essentially they don't want to piss off China. They don't. They they can't afford to lose that investment that they have spent thirty years cultivating um you know whereas with the with with the Dallas thing, it was more like, um well, you know we don't we don't want the da- like we need that Dallas market, that's a really nice market, like we don't want them to suffer like you know you'd be fucking Cuban donate a shit ton of money, um well, I mean not a shit ton of money to you per se, but just you know a nice sum of money um, you know, to a to a women's rights organization. Um and uh we'll call it a day. Um and everyone was just okay with it. No one was upset with it. And I think we were the only fucking I don't know if we would qualify as a source of media per se. Um I would like mm-hmm. to think so, but maybe not. Um but I think we were the <laughs> only source of media that, you know, really took umbrage with it. They were like, fuck no, that's not enough. Like you need to find them some draft picks, something. Um, uh, I don't care if they're, if Dallas is one of the big markets and you, and you want their team, uh, to, to be successful and to be followed and all that, like, that's not acceptable. Um, uh, and with this, it's kind of the same thing, but it's on a much, much more grandiose scale. Um, the NBA can't afford to lose China. And so I understand that. Um, but I think Mm -hmm. my biggest problem is the NBA can't. Can't pretend to be this forward-thinking institution that gives themselves pats on the back for standing up for quote-unquote progressive issues, um, and 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 not get some amount of criticism for how they've handled both the Dallas Mavericks uh, situation and this situation. Um, like, like I, I don't. Necessarily fault them for taking the stance that they did, I understand it. I understand that the bottom line is key, and China is hugely important in that bottom line um but like you deserve some fucking criticism uh and maybe you don't deserve as much praise as you've gotten in the past, um you know, for being better than the n f l you know like that bar is so low, maybe you don't deserve as much praise as you've gotten um as far as you know, um, uh, being a champion of progressive issues. Um, so, I mean, that's kind of where I fall on the matter. Um, I, I, I hope that this is kind of somewhat resolved in in a in a live and let live kind of situation. Although, it's almost kind of a more live and let die situation because, I mean, the fact that you know we're walking this tightrope when you know people in Hong Kong are simply fighting for their fucking freedom um is uh mm-hmm. is tenuous at best um but nevertheless that's probably the best outcome that we can hope for here um and i mean let's hope that we get that like said best outcome i guess is where i fall um i don't envy Adam Silver This is, bar none, the hardest thing he's had to tackle since becoming commissioner. Like the David uh, – excuse me, the Donald Sterling thing, that wasn't really that difficult. It was like this dude's a fucking racist, um, and they have him on tape saying racist shit. Like it was – it really wasn't that hard. As far as, I mean, I'm sure it was stressful and it was like, ah, can we get this guy out of the league? Like, technically we can, but maybe we can force the hand everything else. And they were able to do it. Um, but, like, they had the public support and everything else. With this, it's not like that. This is not an enviable situation. Um, nope. So I feel for him and how he has to um, deal with this. Uh, but nevertheless, uh, I think it's definitely shine the light on um, that essentially the NBA is like any other business that they want to protect their bottom line and they will um, essentially uh, turn their back on uh, some forms of morality in order to do so. Um, And I don't think we should be that surprised by it, especially given what happened with the Mavericks. Um, Anything else you want to add before we move on?
1: Joel? Yes. Sorry. (laughs) Zoomed out there for a second. Um, My whole thing with the whole... I think you nailed everything that we had, to about this. (laughs) Um, I think my final words on it would probably be uh, this, like I said earlier, it's a complicated situation. Hopefully, we make can move on from it because I don't want to lose China at all in any regard. And, um, and I don't want the rockets to lose because I mean, they've been again, they that's fucking China secret right there, which is weird, yeah. You know? Right, for the fans of the, for the Chinese market, the fans of the rockets, I mean, the Chinese rocket fans. Uh, for them, you know, uh, that sucks for them. They don't have no part in it. They probably don't care about the beast and all that extra shit, and they're just fans, you know, basketball or whatever. Um, so that that part sucks. So hopefully that gets resolved and this moves on. But, you know, it is what it is. Uh, I it just – it's kind of sad and it sucks, and, and it's just kind of what's going on right now We're all over the world, and not, not just China. It just so happens that, you know, that's one of the major places.
0: Yeah. Um, Yeah, I mean, it'll be really interesting to see how all of this plays out. Um, Just a couple more side notes before we do move on. Um, Mm -hmm. One, um, this has a huge implication as far as Mm -hmm. NBA players' salaries. Um, I I mean, as you know, Joel, and and, Mm -hmm. probably most of our our listeners know, um, the the, the salary cap is based on – how much money the league makes in a given year. And that is like kind of divvied up. And that's how they, you know, have these projections. And at the end of each season, they basically say, all right, this is the salary cap for the next year. And it's directly um, uh, sort of influenced on how much money the league makes. If the league loses China, um, that number is going to go way the fuck down. Um, And I don't know how they combat that. I honestly don't even know how you would combat that. Um, Because, like, all of, like, this year's free agents, which is, granted, it's not like a big pool, not like it was this previous offseason, but, like, Mm -hmm. they would be hurt by this. Um, Free agents in near future years would be hurt by this, which is why I think you've seen uh, players – like James Harden come out and, and base well, not players, like specifically James Harden come out and like apologize um, on behalf of the Rockets organization. Um, and I think maybe Tillman Fertitta had a lot to do with that as well. Um, but uh, like it, 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 this could have so much impact on not just what the league makes and the owners make, but also what the players make. Um now I don't I don't necessarily feel sorry for them. They they make a gargantuan amount of money, especially those elite players. Um but mm-hmm. nevertheless, um that's another thing uh that they're you know, that has to be taken into consideration. The, this affects the league in its entirety, not just one portion of the yeah. league. Um and also, um well, actually two more things. One I just fucking hope someone asks Kyrie Irving about this because I want to. I so badly want to see how he ducks around this question, like Mister, uh, like, uh, profound Kyrie Irving, who's like above all all the shit, and like wants to, you know, it, it, you know, yeah. essentially claim the earth is flat, to start a, a well, greater dialogue. Is on the edge about of the earth. <laughs> well but here's the thing i don't I don't actually think Kyrie thinks that the earth is flat i i I legitimately do think he used that as a platform to start a greater dialogue about what the media covers and doesn't cover, and like when he says the earth is flat and the media decides to like jump over that and ask him about it time and time again he's he's he looks at it like you're proving my point that you are covering. The shit that doesn't matter when you should be covering the shit that does matter, um, mm-hmm. and I I do think um, I, I I do think that was his intent by by coming out and saying that I don't actually think he thinks the earth is flat, um, mm-hmm. but nevertheless, um, like how does someone who considers himself a genius and a savant um, duck this question? Because you know he's gonna duck it. Like he he fucking plays for the dude who just came out with a statement basically supporting authoritarian China.
3: Like he, like,
0: and again, uh, a dude who like has made a shit ton of money out of China and doesn't want to jeopardize his money in China, Uh, and I would imagine wants to, you know, would would love to um, become the new. Uh, face of China as far as a team is concerned, uh, right? You know, especially since he ain't getting that love in his own fucking city uh, for that team. <laughs> um, so, like, I, I don't know. I, I think that'll be very interesting how I feel like to dissect how Kyrie dances around this topic. Um, and and then just one more thing. Um, I I guarantee you right now uh, I forget his name. But the dude who used to own the Rockets, who sold them like a year ago to and Vegeta, he's just like, yeah, I got out of there at the right fucking time. <laughs>
3: um, because,
0: like, <laughs> hell yeah, dude. He got off that fucking ship before it started sinking. Um, because the amount of money that the Rockets are going to lose over this, regardless of what the league loses, um, I, I don't think the league's um relationship with china is is um in in, in definite jeopardy um but i think uh the rockets they're in definite jeopardy i don't i that's gonna be really hard to come back from i think brooklyn's gonna become the new uh the new team in china i i, I do and you know what they need it they need it because they they just don't have a fan base otherwise <laughs> so <laughs>
2: <laughs> Good on them.
0: Uh, is it though? I don't know. I don't. know. fuck them. Um, Never. Yeah, fuck them. Uh, but anyway, all right. We we've, we've spent a lot of time on this. Like I said, we could talk about this um, for a whole podcast. Uh, I could go on and on, but we do have to get to some other topics. We got one quick other news topic before we get to our Eastern Conference predictions. Uh, Kyle Lowry. Uh, signed a one-year extension uh worth about i think it was 31 million dollars um essentially yep. uh from, from reports he kind of strong-armed this situation by um saying that he would he would um, kind of force a trade if he did not get the extension um good for him uh you know like i think yeah. he, he kind like he helped you win a championship like
3: yeah like he, he
0: could at least give him like that one extra year of overpay um like because he signed a three year deal when everybody else was signing four and five year deals um so you were able to get him on that three year like uh, what was it a ninety million dollar deal basically. Um,
3: basically and
0: uh everybody else was signing those four one twenty or five one fifty deals that summer um and and they got him for less uh he helped you in a championship. Yeah, pay the man. Um, I, I'm i glad he got his extension. I don't think this means a whole lot for the Rockets, or excuse me, for the Raptors. Um, yeah. you know, obviously, they have their sights set on, as far as like um, shopping the market, they have their sights set on 2021, like every other team who has cap space does. Um, so this doesn't really affect that. I, I think it's essentially a win-win situation in that, You keep one of the faces of your franchise around um, for another couple years, um, and and you keep him happy, and you don't make him – you you don't make it turn public to where he's forcing a trade where you're not getting adequate value back for him. Um, My biggest question with this, though, is let's set aside if – Or if not, he was going to try to force a trade. Does this make him more tradable or less tradable to have uh, like a $31 million contract next season um, as opposed to being an unrestricted free agent? I don't know the answer to that question, which is why I want to ask it. Um, I wonder what your thoughts are on that question. Um, But first, before we delve into that, what are your thoughts on Lowry getting the extension? Um, and then uh, feel free to offer up your thoughts on whether you think he is more tradable uh, on this particular contract now with the extension or if he would have been more tradable um, being an expiring contract.
1: I am happy for him, honestly. Uh, you got get, get, get paid, young man, well, not as young as he used to be, but old oh, man. <laughs> this is probably his last big check. Honestly, uh, I can't think of why anyone else is paying that kind of money. No one else probably would pay him that kind of money. Um, um, it's good on on the Raptors for you know taking care of one of their own. Uh, I do believe that kind of makes him a little more tradable down the line. Maybe not this season specifically, but maybe this summer. I mean, next summer, um, that's possible. I, I, I'm I happy. Again, I just think it works out for both sides. I'm not sure if Kyle Lowry's <laughs> part of their future plans, but he is one of those guys that did help. I think that he did get the contact based solely for the fact that he helped them win the ring. And, um, you know, he, they owe it to him. He's been there probably the longest of anybody else on that team, and he's going to probably get his jersey retired there and all that extra shit, so. Very happy for Kyle Lowry and the Raptors, and um, probably in his one last hurrah in Toronto.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I, I, the reason I ask if if he's more tradable, I, I would look at the situation like this: like if if you were a team looking to trade for Lowry, and the the team mm-hmm. that I think fits that bill more maybe than any other team would be Detroit. Um mm-hmm. Namely because um they have the right amount of expiring contracts with um of Reggie Jackson um and then also oh, uh, uh, mm-hmm. legs, Langston galloway like uh, mm-hmm. and, the, and you may have to throw in one other contract um but like if they, those are two expiring contracts that total up to like almost. Thirty million dollars. I think it's like, uh, I think Galloway makes like seven point three, and Jackson makes like eighteen something. Um, so you, you're getting near that that number that you would need. Uh, now whether they would, you know, there's always like, do they want to, do they have to stay below the luxury tax or not? Because they're hovering on that line. Um, but like that that trade made a lot of sense to me if. Um, You know, uh, essentially, if they wanted to – if if Detroit wanted to make a a legit run at the playoffs um, and uh, the fact that, you know, Dwayne Casey uh, coaches there and obviously he had a good relationship with Kyle Lowry. Um, But like I would much rather make that trade if I'm Detroit and I don't have that $31 million hanging over my head next year because I would feel like I could get him for cheaper. Uh, for maybe two, three years, a two, three-year deal um, that would be much cheaper um, than, you know, that number. Um,
3: mm-hmm.
0: So I don't know. I, I, like, honestly, I I don't know. Like, I don't know if, if you would value just having him locked in um, for two years or if you would value having the flexibility to be able to maybe pay hey, him less next season. Um, mm-hmm. And and who knows if if they're even going to shop like we, I mean, we don't know that maybe,
3: no, maybe they
0: just want to, maybe they want to make the playoffs the next couple of years and, and keep that sort of winning culture um, in place. Uh, and then use that and Pascal Siakam's rise to, to pitch to Giannis and the likes and, um, to say like, look, come here. We have built a winning culture, um, but I don't know. I don't know if uh, I don't know if if that helps or hurts his trade value. I it's right. really an anomaly to me. It's one of the few things that I just don't have a clear cut opinion on. Um, I I don't know how people around the league um would look at that or look at Kyle Lowry as a difference maker. I don't know. Um there's only a few teams that I see him really um uh benefiting and, and Detroit being the one that I have kind of mm-hmm. targeted as the main one. But the part one. of that was like yeah. Right, but part of that was like the expiring contract nature of it all. Um so I don't know if that thirty one million dollar extension maybe deters them from from making that deal. Um, but nevertheless, I'm glad the dude got his money. Uh, I, I, I kind of, I really hope this means they're going to keep this team together, at least mostly um, for the for next year. Season. For this yeah. season. Yeah. Um, like you could trade maybe one of a or Gasol, whoever you're going to get more value out of. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause you don't need two centers for mm-hmm. a, like for, for this team. Um, mm-hmm. but like, I, I, I definitely want to see them keep Lowry and at least one of those two guys, um, to, to like go out there and compete and, and, and get a playoff seed and, you know, and maybe be one of those teams who, you know, maybe they don't have home court advantage, but they're the type of team who could finish in like a six or seven seed and like really give, you know, the, the three or four seed, um, a run for their money, you know, or, you know, uh i guess that would be 5 or 6 but um you know what i mean like they could give um mm-hmm. like really challenge uh, a a team that does have home court advantage um uh, because of their experience because of their depth all of that kind of stuff um so I, you know i i really do hope uh that they keep this together Ma- like mainly for their fans like you don't want to go from um win- winning the championship to just like not even making the playoffs like that that would suck um, and I think the way that their their team is constructed right now, they should make the playoffs. Now that's all going to depend on whether they're selling off assets at some point throughout the season. Um, but this right. to me kind of says maybe they're not going to do that. So I, I'm I'm hopeful that that is the case, uh, that they actually won't um, try to to you know just liquidate. Um, but, uh, but you know, I mean, I think a, a lot of that's going to depend on what kind of offers uh, come across, uh, you know, the, uh, their table in the long run. Um, but All right. Uh, <coughs> let's, let's jump into uh, our predictions for the Eastern Conference this season.
1: I'm going to kick it over loot, to you. Loot.
0: Number one seed, oh, no. who you got?
1: Okay, let me get my list real quick um I li- well I yeah, get that shit. um I don't need it, though. not for the first one um right, uh, the box, the Milwaukee yeah. box are my number one seed uh, I really do believe they'll probably end up being the number one seed with Cumpo as the man in the east and and, and arguably the league according to e s p n uh so it's one of those things <laughs> where it's like <laughs> um. Yeah, man, they're going to be a good squad. Uh, I, I like their depth. They added some decent veterans this offseason with Wes Matthews, Robin Lopez, the, compliment, the already decent, complimentary players. Um, they have a decent starting five. I like Gondokumpo, I like Budso, uh, Milton. Uh, yeah, like I said, what they did ask Wes Matthews, who's a good uh, veteran presence. Brooke Lopez, the, the giant sniper, as I like to call him. Um, so I like. I, they think they're they're ready to to compete. I think they have a chance to make the finals this year for sure. There's really no one in their way aside from maybe the next team on the list. Uh, so I mean, this is this is their year, honestly. I mean, I think they have all everything necessary. They probably don't have enough to win at all, but they probably have enough to get out of these.
0: You know what's really interesting to me? I agree with you, by the way. Um, but okay. something that I thought about today. Um, like, because I, I just – I feel like Philly matches up really well against them. Um, but mm-hmm. something that they did in the preseason, uh, in preseason game one, kind of made me at least take pause. Like, mm-hmm. if Philly's going to start Horford and Embiid, like what's to stop them from starting the Lopez brothers together if both of those guys are hitting threes and then start Giannis at yeah. three? Middleton at
1: two – and dude.
3: then go at the 1. I, like, I was just thinking dude, about that. <laughs> Were you? Like, dude. That yes, fucking was fucking insane. Like, how much fun would that
0: be to yesterday. watch? They started like, the Lopez what I'm saying. brothers
1: that's yesterday. That's like, what gave
0: me the thought. Like, that's what <laughs> gave me the thought. was like, I was I,
3: I kind We're of that backwards
0: lineup. constructed um what their starting 5 would be with those right. two, uh with the Lopez brothers starting at the 4 and the 5. And the fact that, like. Brooke's such a good three-point shooter. Um, he is. And, that, you know, Robin is obviously not the shooter that Brooke is, but, like, he's not a bad shooter either. Um, nope. I think at the very least, um, if you were to line up uh, uh, Bledsoe, Middleton, Giannis, the Lopez brothers versus um, uh, Simmons, uh, Embiid, uh, Richardson, Tobias, and Horford, I don't feel like I don't feel like Milwaukee's lack of shooting. It, I mean, is is that much worse if it any than than Philly's? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. That's gonna be really fucking interesting, man. I, that's I gonna still be fun to like, watch. <laughs> I still feel like, uh, like, um, uh, the rebounding wise. Like Philly would just have such a huge advantage with with Horford uh, and Embiid as opposed to the Lopez brothers, but like defensively
3: too. Mm-hmm. I
0: don't mm-hmm. like,
1: like that would force
0: that would essentially force either um uh it it would, it would force some weird constructs of defense. Like they would essentially be trying to make Tobias guard um Giannis, which is just. A terrible idea. Um, so what you would have to try to do is what Brett did last year. Um, you know in, in, when it, you know, in in he he essentially had um, uh, Tobias guarding um, uh, Siakam in Game One, and that worked terribly. So he like switched um, Tobias onto the center position, and then had a bead guard him. Uh, and that works much better, uh, you know. And, and, and so, like, I wonder what you would get from, uh, like, the the coaching and the defensive lineups. I just can't wait. I can't wait for this series to happen because we know it's going to happen, and it's just going to be so much fucking fun to watch. Um, but anyway, I digress. Uh, I've got Milwaukee, too. I really love Philly. I love what they were able to do this off season. I do have some concerns um, I love their length, but I do have some concerns um, as far as um, ideally you would want to have the versatility in order for Simmons to float defensively and guard um, your best wing player. Um, mm-hmm. But Tobias can't guard a guard, um, and like that's what you would need in order for Simmons to guard your best wing player. Um, I, I just don't, I don't think Tobias Harris can guard a point guard or shooting guard. Um, I, I, maybe, but I, I mean, to this point, I haven't seen anything to indicate that he can, um, and that concerns me with the Sixers. Also, like, just their, um, their ability, uh, to gel right away, um, I, I think it, it is going to be something that the Bucks don't have to go through. I mean, they have to get used to playing without Brogdon, but that's a lot different than getting used to, like, a whole different core and different units and everything else. Um, so I think – I really do think the Bucks are going to have the best record. Um, I, I, I just – I like uh, – I mean, obviously the way this team was constructed was very favor- favorable to them last year. Um, and uh, just that, that continuity I think is very important. Um, especially as it pertains to uh, a regular season record,
2: um,
0: so yeah, I'm going to take the bucks uh, next up, uh, I'm definitely taking the sixers after after them i I, I think the sixers I, you know I, I certainly express my concerns uh, for them, but I do think they're going to be the second best team in the conference, uh, obviously via talent, but also I think via record. Um, I think they're going to be able to figure it out. I think getting Horford is huge. Um, like, his ability to float between four and five and, like, his positional versatility in that, that matter is great. Um, I have heard very uh, optimistic um, things coming out of Sixers camp as it pertains to Zaire Smith and uh, Matisse Thibel. Um So mm. I think if you can get either one of those guys. You've got two of them. Uh, if you can get one of those guys, it can contribute. Um, and and remember, Thibault's a senior uh, or was a senior for Washington, so he's older. He's actually <clears throat> older than Zaire Smith. Um, and like, if you can get one of those guys to to give you like a nice contribution off the bench, you've also you brought Mike Scott back, you brought James Ennis back, you brought in Kylo Quinn. Um, uh, they got Trey Burke, who I mm-hmm. think is a sneaky good. Like I really, I know a lot of people have said like the 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 Sixers don't have a backup point guard. I I like Trey Burke mm-hmm. in in especially in regular season to fill like mm-hmm. to play what the, the fucking twelve to sixteen minutes that they don't play Ben Simmons in a game. Right.
3: Like he's perfect right. for
0: that. He's – like, Trey Burke is the ideal person that, like, you would want to be your backup if your starter is really good and is going to play the majority of the game, and you're only going to play your backup, like, 12 minutes, and, Mm -hmm. you know, you're not going to play him anywhere else. He's not, like, a combo guard who can, you know, play multiple positions. Trey Burke's the guy you want. Like, that dude is just going to come in and fucking be a spark plug and get you buckets and everything else. Um, So, like, I do really like what the Sixers – have done this off season. Um, I, I just think it's going to take a little bit of time to tie it together. Um, and in that little bit of time, Milwaukee will be able to kind of um, secure a few games that end up being the difference between the two. Um, but I do, I really do like what Philly's done. So they are my clear cut number two. What What are your thoughts?
1: Yeah, I can't argue with that. They are clear cut number two. Me, uh, I think you pretty much nailed everything. Um, I think everything for Philly is dependent on uh, if uh, Ben Simmons finds a jump shot, which apparently he's been working on. So sure. I really look forward to seeing that's if that's true. true. <laughs> uh, if he can find a jump shot, they might be even better than I thought. Um, because that team has to really, really high potential because they have a decent starting five and decent depth. Uh, you know, they, they don't have big name depth, but they have decent depth. Like Mike Scott can score. Yeah. For uh, li- so the guy, first I time right now, in several years. Yeah, uh, exactly. And then you have a guy like Kyle Quinn and, and Trey Burke, two guys I know very well. Uh, they can they can help. Right. <laughs> I can tell you right now, they can help. Um, I like both of those guys a lot. Uh, I, I really like, uh, what's his name? Um, uh, Was it Stiebel? I think it's style, right right? Matthew Stiebel? Yeah, Matisse uh, yeah. I like the potential in him and his defensive ability. I really want to see what they got, they got at with Zaire Smith. Uh, and I know I'm talking about mostly about the bench, but that's really where a lot of concern may come from is really the bench, like what are you going to get out of that. Uh, guys like James Venn has a nice wing that they, they like to use. So it's just one of those things where I think they have, they have guys that can help, and it's just a matter of how helpful they will be. And I think I'm not as concerned about their depth. I think they're going to be pretty damn good. So, Sixers
0: are, are definitely uh, number two. Yeah, and it's gonna—it's just gonna be really interesting to see how they fare defensively. That's the thing that I'm yeah. most interested in. I know a lot of people are most interested too. in who's going to be their closer, like who takes yeah. the shot at the end, end of the game. To me, it's obvious—it's Tobias Harris. Like with, the, right. like with this team, the way it's currently constructed, it's—it's it's definitely Tobias Harris. Um, now that may not yeah. be your ideal closer, but to me that question is very easily answerable. Um, for 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 me, it's how does Tobias Harris fare defensively when he has to switch onto guards because they yeah. want Ben but, Simmons to guard, you know, uh, your Kawhi Leonard's or your LeBron James's or whoever, whoever you know, like yeah. that to me like- is going to be the thing that, that that's most yeah. interesting.
1: And my thing is I think they got a lot of guys that could help take some pressure off of Tobias Harris defensively. Because like, Al Horford's a great defender. Embiid's a great uh-huh. defender. Richardson's a competent yep. defender. And is Richardson, a great defender. good. Like, he's solid. Right, exactly. He knows, he knows how to defend. He can defend. Right. So they have guys that yes. can definitely help out there for, for a guy like Tobias who you know, laterally, you just probably can't keep up with a lot of like, like really good wings. Or right. Definitely not with guards. So it's one of those things where right. uh, I can't wait to they, they, again. They have a good te- a team that compliments each other well. So, they, like you said, like who's going to take the shot at the end? Probably Tobias. He's probably the best offensive player they have. But um, at the he's end of the day, best self
0: creator they have.
1: Yeah, the guy that can take his own shot for sure. Uh, right there, right. I'm right up there too. So it, it, it's just, and I like Josh Richardson a lot too. So it's one of those things where. I can't wait to see how they put it all together. <laughs> they have the tell, right? Yeah, yeah, they do. It's gonna be, it's
0: gonna be really interesting. And I too, I also wonder, and I know I've mentioned this a couple times. I wonder if um, if Beal becomes available, can they make a Beal trade happen? Can they flip Tobias Harris and the other necessary pieces? to acquire Beal? Cause that would be like the exclamation point. Cause if you had Beal, that would be the kind of guy who you would have the utmost confidence in being your closer. Um, right. But like, I mean, do, do they have the pieces to not even to outbid, but like to offer Washington enough to want to make a deal before the off season. Um, Cause I mean, we saw that with Anthony Davis last year, like, you know like it, it, when it when it came down to it um yeah, obviously they wanted to wait it out to see what Boston would would be able to bring to the table um but also yeah. like they just didn't like the Lakers package until they got that number 4 pick um and that kind of changed the dynamic a little bit um but nevertheless um uh, and and you know what that's another reason this whole fucking drafting is is probably rigged <laughs> like the, 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 the Pills get the number 1 pick the Lakers get the number 4 pick and like there's been all this ongoing trade discussion okay sure sure NBA um but anyway um i uh, I'm, I'm halfway kidding but only halfway um but yeah like that that'll be another interesting dynamic um do they make a trade um throughout the season to kind of maybe balance their lineup a little bit um but like if you do trade Tobias, then you absolutely have to get somebody who's another shot creator back. Because um, if you don't, like, then you don't have someone who can create their own shot on your team. Um, but as currently constructed, I really – I still favor the, the Sixers to be the team that comes out of the East unless other teams uh, make trades to um, improve their rosters. Uh but anyway, uh let's move on to number three. Uh all right, I, I feel like here's maybe where we might start parting ways. Who do you have as your uh, number three team in the East?
1: I do think maybe we we see differently here. I think we maybe have a swap at the three four. I currently have Boston at number three. Uh not ah, me it's too just because I I trust them <laughs> a little more than a lot of the other. I trust teams. Brad
0: Stevens, man.
1: Uh, I do too, and now without Kyrie, you know the pain in the ass that he is. I don't know. I just feel like they'll, they'll kind of rebound. The kids will. They have all the they have the keys to the car now. Um, it's just this is a, another year for uh, recovery for Gordon Hayward, where he should be healthy now. Um, they have they just they brought in his scanner in the off season, nice uh, uh, rebounder uh, and uh, offensive. Uh, put back guy that's cool in this basket. Uh apparently they're starting at least for now, at least uh Robert Williams III is starting at center uh to help out on de- on defense, uh to give him a little more oh, defensive edge. Yeah, well they started in the last game, so that's that's where it is right now. He's currently starting I'm at, at center. About that. I think that's Me probably too. a good I move. thought. I agree because I thought Ennis would end up starting, but yeah, as of right now, uh, the first game of the preseason, uh, Ennis was coming off the bench and, and Williams was starting. At center, so I am, I'm, I am I'm curious to see if how if how long that lasts because he, he seems to be very energetic <laughs> and uh, foul felt happy, but we'll see. Um, uh, again, uh, a kid that with a lot of potential. Uh, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum this could be a breakout year for him to, to solidify himself as a man in Boston. But he also has help there with Campbell Walker, who they signed the off season. Uh, a guy I really like in Campbell Walker, who can obviously uh-huh. can carry a team, and definitely probably has more talent than he had <laughs> in Charlotte. So you know, not to talk shit about Charlotte, but you know it's a little frustrating the last couple of years. Um, yeah. So I I just again I like their starting five. Depth is where I, their issue might be, in my opinion. Like I don't know what to expect from from that Boston team off the bench aside from Marcus Moore and obviously Ennis Kanner, Uh I don't know who else is gonna produce. I need to see. I know there's a lot of youth there. They do got they have a lot of young guys off that, that are gonna come off the bench to probably help out. Uh, but I, right. I I don't I Grant, need to well, see it. Yeah. You know I don't. I, yeah, I like a good guy, like uh, uh, Carson Edwards. Um, they, have, they have guys there. Uh, Ojale from the last couple of years has been pretty helpful. Off the yeah, so, yeah. so they have guys that just, you know, again, is just like not a lot of name depth. Those no guys that have to prove themselves to the league, if anything. So, um, I, again, I just think they have enough uh, top-heavy. I think they're top-heavy enough to, to pull it off, and Brad Stevens is a great coach, and, I think this is a bounce back here for him. Yeah, and they
0: brought back uh Tice, who I like. Um,
1: right. who's been small ball in a minute.
0: Right. Yeah, yeah. I mean he, he can give solid. them solid minutes. I yeah, I just I I think the whole um, well you're replacing Al Horford with uh Innis Cantor and so you're 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 gonna drop back like you're gonna be a lot worse. Is a little overblown. Um, like, I mm-hmm. mean, obviously, fucking Al Horford is way better than Cantor. Like, there's no argument <laughs> it, um, as as far as that is concerned.
3: That um, argument, yeah. <laughs> but,
0: but like, you, you, like let's see what Brad Stevens is able to cultivate with um, this lineup. And like, just remember that every year outside of last year, Boston outperformed what we thought they were going to be like, um, last year was the anomaly year. Like Brad Stevens yeah,
3: consistently
0: outperformed what we thought those Celtics teams would be, um,
3: mm-hmm. dating
0: back to his, his, you know, first year coaching. Um, so I, I, I'm going to take stock in that. Um,
3: mm-hmm. and
0: I, I like the fact that they're going to start Robert Williams, um, mainly mm-hmm. because he, like he stayed at college an extra year If he had not, he probably would have been, like, a lottery pick um, the year before. Mm -hmm. Um, And he ended up staying in college, but he didn't improve any. And then there were all these other people who came up the pipeline who, like, had, quote-unquote, more potential than him because he did not Mm -hmm. improve upon his freshman year. Um, And, uh, and you know, I know he had, like, maybe some character issues or something else, but uh, I don't really want to delve into that. But as far as his talent, um, you know... He, um, I I still think he's got the raw skills, and 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 given the right system, he could be really good. And I think, you know, maybe we see um, some some valuable minutes out of him this season. Um, I think that the center load, obviously, they brought the dude in from France. You know, he'll probably get a few minutes, but I, I expect most of the minutes are going to go to Williams um, and then the Tice when they're playing small and then Kanter. Um And I think positioning those three guys um, to share that load, um, I, I, I think they're going to be fine there. Um, and perimeter defense is, is kind of more important into today's NBA than, than post-defense, if you will. Um, and you know, with Jalen Brown and maybe I'm being optimistic here, but like yeah, you know, um uh uh Hayward coming back uh in, in this second year after um his injury, uh I, I, I think that's I think you're gonna see him improve a lot too, especially like defensively. You're gonna see like more of that lateral quickness back. He he was always a very high quality defender um I mean he's a very smart basketball player. So I think you're you're going to see that amount of of defense there on the wing for them with those two guys. Um I, yeah, I just I I have a lot of faith in this team. Maybe it's blind faith, um but I think they're going to be good. Um all right, moving on. Number 4. I am positive this is where we um part ways, my friend. Uh I have the Orlando Magic.
3: Oh, what the fuck?
1: Yeah. Nice.
0: All right. Cool. So, from that reaction, I will gauge that you do not have them at number four. Um, I'll, I'll make my case quickly, and then I'll let you present your number four. Um, but uh, I, I continuity they they have basically the same team they had last year. They didn't lose anybody of consequence.
3: Um,
0: they have they have a lot of young guys who can make steps forward. Um, namely uh, Aaron Gordon, who, of course, I picked as my most approved player candidate um, for this upcoming season. I think he's going to um, like get get a lot better this season. Um, we saw strides of it last year. He's really good defensively, um, and I, I think if he can improve his shot a little bit um, and, and uh, his – um creation aspects. He's also like a really good passer for like a small four power four combo type player. Um, I think that's good. I think uh we could see a huge leap out of Jonathan Isaac, um, who, you know, obviously was hurt throughout his first season. He was hurt a good bit of last season too, but he played really well in the games that he played. Um and I think he's a guy who can make a, a considerable leap. Mark Foltz is obviously a wild card, but I mean, he could be somebody who, who makes, uh, you know, some impact. And then you also have Mobamba. You have four guys, four young guys. If any one of them makes a leap, they're going to be better. I'm not betting on none of them making leaps. Um, plus, they brought in Aminu, um, which, you know, I, I thought was a little redundant given um, all of their, mm-hmm. um, you know, positional overlap. But they don't really have a traditional small forward.
3: Um, no, I, I, think
0: they, I think they do have a bench though and I'll get to that. Um but like I, I think bringing in a um a guy who can play three and four for you um is 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 good. Um and, and and having someone who's defensively sound and can hit like spot up threes is good. Um and then like but that that's the other thing. Like you said they don't have a bench I, I disagree. I, again, I think if any, like say one, let's say two of those four guys I mentioned hit, um, then all of a sudden you have a bench because you you have Aminu, you have um, uh, and, and I haven't even mentioned Mobamba as another guy
3: who, who could
0: possibly hit. Um, but like even if Mobamba doesn't hit. You re-signed, um, uh, shit, what's his name?
3: Uh, what?
0: Tim Birch. Tim Birch, he was very solid for them last year as, as kind of a as a backup center, like a fill-in guy. Um, and they got him for super cheap. They got him for like $6 million over two years, $3 million a year. That was a really good signing for them. Um, I like what this team is. Um, I know a lot of people are saying, look, like they got a career year out of DJ Augustine. They got a career year out of Nikola Vucevic.
3: Yeah, um, he's good. Like, <laughs>
0: yeah. And Vucevic is good. And like all of these mm-hmm. other guys could be really good. I I I think they're going to be really solid defensively. I think they're going to surprise a lot of people. And I think they're going to be um, the 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 team that is a quote unquote. Fringe playoff team that ends up surprising a lot of people by finishing a lot higher than expected, a la the Indiana Pacers a couple of years ago. I think that's
1: this team this year. I like them a lot. Okay, um, I don't have them fourth. I don't. Uh, I do have them in my in the playoff. I do. Um fair. All right, who you got for? Fair fourth I do have the Indiana Pacers. Wow, um I have the Pacers
0: that's really high Yeah. Uh
1: I don't think so. I, I I think that's just about where I see them, uh, compared to the rest of the Eastern teams. Um I just think they have the most especially just between as long as all the deep and all the deep healthy. Um I think this team is the four, probably the fourth best in the East. They have they have it at every position with Brogdon now. Uh, I still we still got to see if uh, the Turner and uh, Sabonis big man of tandem of power center there works out, but I st- I think it will. I just think they do complement each other well. Uh, I like they T do. J Warren. I always like T J Warren. Um, I think that's a solid starting five. They have a six man right there with Jeremy Lamb. Um, now the rest of the benches. To be desired, but I don't think they're they're a terrible bench with Aaron Holiday and McBuckets and your friend your boy uh B- B- what's his name B- B- Gordon Gorg- <laughs> <You laughs> oh, that, um, that kid, that uh, kid. So they have some depth there in, in, off the bench. Uh, Justin Holiday they signed in the off season too, so they have the Holiday brothers off the bench. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So I just think there's there's something there to be mined there. in Indiana, they got everything. Uh, uh, they have an all-star caliber shooting guard when healthy in Old Depot. So it's like one of those things where I think they have enough to be fourth. Uh, I trust them a little bit more than I trust Orlando, uh, or Brooklyn or Toronto for that matter. But I just there's just something about Indiana that I have them fourth.
0: Uh, I, that Oladipo injury really concerns me, but we'll get to that when I talk about where I have them. Um, all right, let's 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 move on. Uh, number five, what do you got?
1: Number five. Uh, Toronto. I am Toronto number five for me. Nice. Yeah, right. Uh, the, the, the defending champions are number five, uh, mainly because they know each other pretty damn well. They obviously are not the team they were last year. Uh, I don't love them as much as I liked them, last, obviously, last year. Uh, but they have they have interesting pieces. They have a, a guy, Kyle Lowry, now that that's that's one of the main dudes. Uh, he's been there for at one of the leaders on the team. They got a solid center, Mark Gasol, who I think should have a better year than he did last year, at least statistically, at least hopefully. And he's coming off a fucking championship in in the summer for for Spain. Uh, what wow, what a year for fucking Marcus <laughs> All.
3: Now that I think about it, it's right? Um, yeah, dude. Thank Jesus has <laughs> been living it up.
1: <laughs> um, fuck. Um, they have the reigning probably Nobody asked Marcus right All now. about
0: China, like please. We've been jam for his mood.
1: <laughs> let's not talk about China, uh, Mark. Uh,
3: let's
1: move like <laughs> <laughs> Um. Well, then, oh, what was I? Um, oh yeah. Um, so um, Pascal Siakam was probably the best player, honestly, oh, of course, right yeah, now, uh, for Toronto. Uh, I just the man goes just, from like zero
3: to
0: huh. I was just gonna say he's at least the 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 best. Um, that the, he's their 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 building block for the future. I still don't know if he's better than Kyle Lowry. Like right now,
3: I don't I don't know. But, like, but he's – it's tough. There's an argument. It's a, it's a coin, coin toss.
1: Sure. Yeah. Right,
0: there's an argument
1: to be made. It's coin toss. For sure. Yeah. Right, I agree. There's an argument to lo- be made. I love music out Larry, so You know, I'm never chilling. So I'm But uh, I think uh, Paco Siakam is obviously the future there. Uh, and Power Forward, uh, even though that kid they have coming off the bench, is Kish Chris Boucher or whatever? I can't remember Can it, but I can't pronounce the last name. He's pretty good. Oh, uh, like yeah, yeah, yeah. The kid um, from Oregon. Yeah, 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 I like him. <laughs> uh, really skinny. Yeah, you like weight, you liked think, him for a while. Yeah, I did. I, I like that kid. Uh I think he has potential. <laughs> um, again, he needs to add some weight little thin. Uh but you know, yeah. we'll see if he gets rotational minutes, uh, at all, considering he's gonna have to beat out some veterans like uh Ronda Alice Jefferson and Stanley. Yeah. Who I don't exactly call super uh big competition, but you never know, you know, they're, they're going to probably get. some. In it. Well, and that's um, the
0: thing given, given the resources that they had and the amount of cap space they had, because they didn't really provide themselves with cap space after both Danny Green and Kawhi left. I think they did really right. well with that cap space. Like, I mean, signing really? those guys, um, Sam, like you mentioned, Stanley Johnson um, and, and Ronda Hollis Jefferson, um, and there was another one. It wasn't uh, uh, Chris uh, Boucher or Boucher or, or however you pronounce the name. I, I can't remember. Um, but there was yeah, another guy that they, they, they signed that I liked um, that was in that same kind of vein. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I think they did well to replenish depth at least um, from these guys who haven't quite worked out with their other teams but still have potential.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I
1: guess it's the I'm not – I mean – I like what I was doing. I'm surprised it didn't work out for him in Brooklyn. Uh, and I'm not Stanley Johnson. I, I, I kind of gave him up on him. <laughs> like, I was really, really. <laughs> I don't want I was like the number three. He was the number three pick. I was sitting there. am like waiting Damn, for him to he... break out one day. No, well, yeah, he was the number so. three. No, he, he was, was
0: like number high. seven. He, he was, was not number though. three. He was not number three. Uh, yeah, I'm going right. to look it up right now,
1: but continue. All right. I swear he was higher. Uh, but he, he I think was he was, was seven. disappointed.
0: which uh, is so high track, so but yeah So really high.
1: That is, he was a lottery pick, let's put it that way. And uh he just right. never panned out and it's kinda sad. Oh, he was eighth. He was eighth pick. Okay, yeah. So I was still so, disappointed. I was closer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> I guess it's just so disappointing. Uh, Stanley Johnson was just not what what did work out. Um, they do got Serge Baca, another starting caliber center on their bench. On their yeah. bench, basically, uh, they got Patrick McCall. who They're bringing back and I'll probably have a bigger role this year. Right, uh, that was Obama. the other one,
0: McCall. I like I McCall. like them having him on that team.
1: Yeah. Yeah, Norman Powell now starting shooting guard in Toronto. Right. Uh, O.J. DeNovey will get a bigger look. Spurts? Yeah, he did. Yeah, Norman Powell's pretty good. I like Norman Powell. He played
0: really poorly, like, for the past season and a half and then turned it on in the playoffs. And I was like, yeah, this is – this is the guy that I liked originally. This is why they gave you that forty million dollar <laughs> extension. Um right. But yeah, I think him in the starting role—that's that's, that's going to be interesting. I think he's going to play better.
1: I agree. I totally agree. Uh, I, I again, I, I'm a fan of Ron Powell. Uh, I, apparently, they're huge fans of him because he's been he's been getting minutes consistently for the and then he kind of fell off, like you said, and then he kind of turned it back on like in the playoffs. So I'm, I'm happy for him and right. This team has a lot of guys ready to prove some stuff, so I think they have. They they've won already. They they've been there. They got Fred VanVleet, you know, coming back. So they got guys that have been there, done that. So it's just a matter of just putting it all together. They just obviously they they run out of firepower, and they'll only get so far in the playoffs. But I think they'll end up making the right. Oh yeah, me too. Um,
0: all right. Um, let's move on. I'm gonna go number five. I got Brooklyn um i i i i like um even aside from kd um i i mean i think kyrie is obviously KD's not going to play but i think kyrie is a, a substantial upgrade from um uh shit what's his name oh, who Winter is the warriors up? help me out oh they're the all point guard Yes, thank D'Angelo. you, D'Angelo Russell. Um, I think I think he's a substantial upgrade from D'Angelo Russell. Like, I think the gap is a lot bigger than a lot of people think it is. Um, I I think Kyrie's just oh, so shit. much better. Um, I think if you can keep Dinwiddie healthy for a whole season, that's a big if. But if they can, that's going to be huge. I think picking up Torian Prince is a kind of. Um, fly little, like, pickup that they had. I think the fact that he could play the three and the four, he's not he, – like, people think he's, like, a good defender. He's not. <laughs> like He's not really a good defender, but he is a good shooter. He's a good three-point shooter. He th- shot 39% from three last year. Um, I think he will find his opportunities um, this season, and he's in a contract year. So he's really going to be – um Trying to kind of prove his worth, um, so like I think that factors in. Um, but I, I I liked that uh, that pickup for them. Um, I uh, am a little concerned about whether they're going to start DeAndre Jordan or Jared Allen. I totally think they should start Jared Allen.
1: Um, I think they. I think little, he's just better. The first preseason game they started Jared Allen, But we'll see.
0: Right, but like that's a preseason game. I don't I don't know if that.
2: Necessarily yeah. translate no, no.
0: ultimately right um but i think i think they should start jared allen i just think he's better um
1: at this point yeah. in and well, career Walter, he's the future right there. i don't know why he would but not even though you're paying I mean, fucking DeAndre, right
0: you're Whatever. overpaying him but <laughs> it, it it is cost of doing business to get katie and Kyrie,
3: <clears throat> which is yeah. fine
0: um but I I do think having a guy like Jordan off your bench, if that's how they utilize him, is good because he's bigger and stronger than Jared Allen. So when you need a guy like DeAndre Jordan, when you're going up against a team like Philly and you got Joel Embiid, you can throw DeAndre Jordan out there and like have him muscle him a little bit. Um, something that Jared Allen clearly cannot do. We saw it in last year's playoffs. Um, so like I think that's that's beneficial. Um, to their team. And they still have depth. They still, you know, they still have Joe Harris, um, Karis LeVert, uh, I, who I mentioned earlier. Um, they still have Spencer Dinwiddie, who I, of course, really like. I picked him for six men of the year. Um, I like this team. I think they're going to be good. I think they're going to be better. I think better than a lot of people think they're going to be. Maybe not as good as some people think they're going to be. I don't think I got like I've heard some people say they could be the three seed. I don't see that, but I don't see them being. No. I think they're a substantial five seed, like substantially ahead of the six seed, whoever that six seed is. Um, in my book, I think they're going to be fighting with Boston and Orlando for the three seed. I just think that Boston is just got the necessary um, pieces in place to be able to secure it. So I think it basically boils down to Brooklyn and Orlando for that four and five. Um, and I have Orlando with a slight edge because of continuity. Um, and I just love Steve Clifford. I think he's a really, really good coach. Um, I also love uh, the Nets coach too. Um, but uh, Kenny Atkinson. Uh, but I I, I really like the Nets. I think they're going to be good this year. Um, they're obviously going to be a lot better uh, when Katie comes back if he can you know stay healthy, um, but for this season, I think they have the necessary pieces. And I, I also, I'm not ruling out the possibility that they can't, that they couldn't uh, conduct a trade at some point um, to to improve their team both this year and in the future. Um, they have all of their picks going forward. That's one of the huge benefits of being able to sign two max free agents um is 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 keeping all of your assets and your picks and your young players um so they have that going for them. Um so yeah, we'll see. Again, um the one black mark on uh the Nets is <laughs> Alan Crab. Like you 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 gave him an offer sheet, the Blazers matched, and then you traded for him and then you dumped him. Uh, and I had to give up draft picks in order to do so. Actually, I guess they don't have all their draft picks. They they have all their draft picks after next year's draft pick because that one's going to my Hawks. Um, but still, like yeah. Alan Krabs like just such a stain on that <laughs> on that whole thing. Um, but nevertheless, I do I I do like them. All right, number six. Uh, we're gonna have to move a little quicker here.
1: Uh, who you got huh? for number six?
0: Uh
1: let me see. Uh, it was number six, three, four, five. Yeah, it was the Nets. So you just went over that. So I can just okay. say my sense on, on the Brooklyn Nets real quick. Uh, Yeah, I, I kind of uh, repeat them out of what you said. I just have them a little Uh Number six, uh, I think the Brooklyn Nets are going to be good this year. They were good last year. Uh, if anything, they've probably improved. You might want to say they've improved when they added Kyrie to the mix over DeAndre uh D'Angelo Russell. Um and they added DeAndre Jordan, so they had, you know, more firepower off the bench or, or in the starting lineup, depending what whatever the fuck they want to do. Um Karis Levert, I like Joe Harris, I like um depending on what they end up doing at Power Forward with either Crooks or, or Prince at Power Forward. Uh we'll see. Um off the bench, they they got they got Spencer Dinwiddie talks a lot of shit, but he's a good player. Um, <laughs> this yeah, you know, they have they're a good team uh, overall. I think they're a good team. I have no real issues with them uh, in terms of like good talent, uh, and their new court, which I I seen like the way the court looks. <clears throat> <Shoot me. laughs> um <laughs> It's um they're, they're gonna be good. I think they definitely probably end up being exactly where I have them, but we'll see. Um uh, nothing's gonna given in, in this league and we'll see how they'll actually look next year when Katie comes back. Whereas right now I think
0: they're in the middle of the pack playoff team.
1: Yeah,
0: I agree. Um they could really use one of the like seven power forwards that you guys have uh, uh have like essentially like stolen away from the rest of the league
1: <laughs>
0: but well, we had uh, uh no power
1: forwards to start all
0: well no i know i'm just saying like they they really they don't have a legit power forward they could actually really use any one of the knicks really power. good power forwards i mean you have a ton yeah. of really good power forwards um do. short you of name uh, tosh gets so Who's really running the market? Out, anyway,
1: um, is good, bro. Don't don't play. Caz is a really yeah, good. yeah, but like I he I think he helps the he can shoot. 30. I don't think he helps the Nets though.
0: <laughs>
1: no, he can't. Uh, no, no, probably not.
0: No, um,
3: well,
0: but like maybe Bobby can. can, um, and like uh, Randall obviously like it, like made a point to improve that. Uh, Marcus Morris, like there's a lot of guys on that Knicks squad that the Nets could like look That's at it and be like, "Yeah, really use that fucking guy." Um like yep. I I think That's there's true. a lot of teams out there honestly. I think I I really I fucking cross my fingers and I hope that the the, the Knicks are able to trade one of those guys. At least one of them.
1: Um well, for a late first round pick. As long as it's not I, the Nets, I'm dude, fine with it.
0: <laughs> I just look at I look at a team like look at a team like uh Portland They got no forwards. None. They got none of them. They got no forwards. (laughs) Like,
1: dude, if the
0: Knicks can't make a trade with Portland by the end of the season, I'm going to be really disappointed. Like, come on, dude. (laughs) Like, you got no forwards. You got Hassan Whiteside. You got Yusuf Nurkic coming back. Like, we'll take Hassan Whiteside. You could have two of our forwards. Just give us a first round pick. (laughs) Like, come on now. Um,. I don't know, we'll see. Uh all right. Uh we will see. number 6, I have the Miami Heat. Um I I contemplated having them higher cuz if they make the trade for Chris Paul, I think they will be higher. Um but I don't think that trade's going to happen until the deadline. I think they will make the trade for Chris Paul. I think he will be on the Miami Heat at the end of the season. Um but I I think it'll be I I think it'll be after a lot of posturing and, you know, like Miami basically being like calling OKC's bluff and OKC not finding another suitor, and then eventually both teams will kind of meet somewhere in the middle and and say, all right, let's get a deal done. Um, But in that time, I don't necessarily think that's going to happen. Uh, Early enough for them to, you know, get enough wins uh, and, and, you know, again, they're going to have to figure out their team as it pertains to how do we surround and support Jimmy Butler. That is a thing in and of itself. Um, so, I, I mean, I just think ultimately it's going to take a little bit of time for them to figure things out. Um, I do think they're going to be, if they make the Chris Paul trade, I think they'll be the third-best team in the East. Um if they give up, if they don't give up Winslow. If they give up Winslow, eh, that, that, that could be a little different. But, um, you know, we'll see. I, I got them at the six. I, I think, like you said, with Brooklyn, they're just like kind of right in that middle of the pack. They have enough NBA talent. Well, James Johnson is good every other year. He was terrible last year, so he's going to be good this mm-hmm. year. That's, just, that's the way it's – it's it's like Murphy's Law, James Johnson. Um, yeah. So, yeah, and I think getting Whiteside out of there and having, like, a rotation of Bam Adebayo and um, Kelly Olenek, um as your two types of bigs is going to be really beneficial. I think they've really prepped Bam to be the starter for the last two years. Um, I think Mm -hmm. he's going to be really solid. And I just, I like the dynamic of having a dude like Olenek who can come in and switch everything up when you need that. Um, Mm -hmm. I, I I like, I like the team for the most part. I mean, they, they have a lot of really decent players on the team and they added Jimmy Butler. Um, and you know, I mean, say what you want about Jimmy. He's better than anybody they've had in a while. Uh, Mm Um, So I think he will elevate this team and and just will it to at least a couple victories that they maybe didn't have last season. Um so yeah, I I I have him at 6. All right. Um number 7, who you got?
1: My 7 is Orlando Magic. That's why mm-hmm. I have the Orlando Magic. That's what I got. There. Um my yeah, I have Orlando just from the same reason you had them and just had them lower to it. I don't know. It's just a team I, I trust to a to a point, but they've convinced me enough to say, you know what, they'll probably end up making the playoffs again. I like enough to say they'll make the playoffs. Because uh, like you were saying, like I don't I didn't say they didn't have a bench. I said they had no no real power forwards coming off the bench. That's why they ended up signing um what's his name uh damn it I can't remember his name now. Just, just I mean him. <laughs> I mean him. I fucking mean it. Uh Yeah, they didn't really have that last year. Uh, they had a lot of wing guys. Uh, they played a Wundu a lot, uh, but no real power forwards come off the bench. Uh, so it was like, one of those things where like I didn't know what they were doing. Um, but now you know they're pretty diverse. They're starting five. you said, is gonna be there'll be one this year. Uh, DJ Oxman, I like. He's 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 a, he's a constant. One of those guys you can trust. Um you got a guy in um uh guys, I'm sorry. Uh in in um out, Evan Forney is a good scorer, Aaron Warden is Aaron Gordon, uh uh what's his name, the small forward, um, can't remember his name?
3: Uh I Jonathan
1: Isaac. Jonathan Isaac, really long as becomes we'll get better. I think he's gonna be better this year.
3: Boost is playing deep. the one.
1: I uh, probably should, but I mean, between him and Gordon, they're kind of interchangeable between look forward. Yeah, they're both like um, three-four combo guys. Yeah, they are. Don uh, probably enjoyed the perimeter a little better, so that's probably why they got in there. Um, then you have off the bench. I really look forward to Markel Fultz. If they are better than where I have them, it's probably because Markel Fultz has has come alive, <laughs> in my opinion. Uh, they have him playing out yeah. there. He is playing. So I'm excited to see Marcel Fultz. Uh If anything, he may win uh, Most Improved Player. He's actually any good, right? So hopefully for Marcel so
3: Fultz.
1: <laughs> I picked him for I Most Improved go... Player last year. If he were to win it this year, I'd be
3: so mad.
1: <laughs> I think there's they a chance he gets it if, you know. If the one has the magic good I think there's a lot has to do because he's actually stepped up. so uh, Mark Folks has a chance this year. Um, Michael Carter Williams, who came out of nowhere to actually play pretty well <laughs> right uh, for, the, for the magic who uh, has a chance to to, to help them out. They're, um, they're, the magic
0: are a really weird team because they have like
1: yeah. third third guys
0: who like for some reason play like second guys on their team and both with Michael Carter-Williams and Kim Birch. Kim Birch was a third center, and, like, last year, he fucking played great down the stretch with them, and Michael Carter-Williams mm-hmm. did the same thing. It's like, you look at those two guys, and you're like, yeah, those are, that's a third point guard and a and a third center on on your roster, but, like, they didn't play like it. They played fucking great. They outplayed both of their, well, I mean, obviously, both can play for them down the stretch, but, like, uh, and Bomba was hurt. But, like, both those guys played really great.
1: Yeah, I agree. And then you have um, Woody well, and yeah, Bomba finally get, you know, he was hurt a lot last year. So, you know, this is a retribution for Bomba this year. Uh, hopefully he'll play better. I like Bomba. So hopefully for him to play better. they got enough veteran power forward there. The and like, they definitely needed. Uh And then, of course, they have the six-man a candidate, I I always have him on my list somewhere.
3: So,
1: uh, in Terrence Ross. So, yeah. Uh, so they they have they have the guys. It's just matter can they do it? Do they have enough of it? Enough firepower? I don't know. We'll see. Uh, not, I don't really trust them enough to to say that. But the, Orlando had they, they, they're deep. You know, they got they they can probably go ten deep. And I mean, if you you can go that much and defend. And score with the best of them, you know, because on a good day for me, you can go off. <laughs> you know what I mean? And Vucevic. So it's one of those things where Orlando has a chance to be really good. So I do have them at the moment, seventh on my list. Indeed. All right. Uh, seventh, I have
0: Toronto. Um, all right. I, basically, for, for all the reasons you said, um, I mean, they're just solid. They've got, you know, they've got the continuity. Um, obviously, they don't they don't have Kawhi, they don't have Danny Green, but they're still going to be really good. Um, and and I I mean I think you hit all the bullet points. We don't need to go into any more. All right, number eight. I, I, um, I tried. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Number eight. Who you
1: got? Who's your final team making
3: Ooh.
1: the playoffs? My final team making the playoffs is the New York fucking Knicks.
3: Yes. That's right. You so, heard me. You said-
1: I'm not, I'm stupid. Okay.
3: Uh, I
1: mean, All
0: right. <laughs> I, I guess maybe I shouldn't, I, I. let me, let me re-qualify that statement. You're such a homer. All,
1: All right. right. We'll, we'll see you in the end of the year. We'll see how stupid I am. Uh, I do think they have a chance to be the eighth seed in the East. I'm not, not down to that have fucking, chance. I just wouldn't predict. it. You just called me stupid. So in my opinion, yeah, you pretty much said I, they don't have a chance. Uh, so uh, I think they do have a chance. Uh, I think they have enough Fair talent enough. there. Then I don't think the East is like super strong. So it's not like one of them is like, oh, they have mountains to climb to get to the eighth seed. No, I do not think. I'm not that sold on anybody else over them. Uh, enough. Like, they do have uh, Miami as Jimmy Butler, but unless they make a trade, I don't feel like they're that much better than New York. Uh, Detroit is, who knows what the fuck Detroit is until Detroit figures it out, you know? Um, sure. And I always, I'll never count out Detroit as a possible AC because, you know, I, the, uh, what's their coach? Who's their coach right now? I forget. I forget uh, coach uh, da Oh, my God. Who's the coach of the Pistons? <laughs> Oh, Dwayne Casey. Dwayne Casey. Dwayne Casey is a good damn coach. Uh and he's yep. made, he look, since he's been there they have made the playoffs. And so I'll never count out the fact that there's a chance that Detroit has a chance as long as they have the talent and a good coach in Dwayne Casey. So uh yep. but I don't I still I don't trust Detroit enough either. So I, if I'm gonna give a benefit of the depth, I think the Knicks have enough depth between their starting five and their depth and their 10, 15 power forward they wouldn't like to talk shit about. They have enough of them <laughs> to get there. Uh, so in my All opinion, right. between, between the emergence of, I think, of a possible Dennis Smith Jr., I think has to step up for them to go far. Uh, and Mitchell Robinson, who I think is going to be a freak in this league one day. Uh, Julius Randle, who has a chance to be an all-star if he plays any, anywhere near as good as he played last year. Uh, Marcus Morris, who's, who's pretty much hell bent on fighting anybody that comes near him and anybody that talks shit about the team, so I'm cool with that.
3: And, <laughs> and
1: um, he's sitting right there. And in, a guy, right. he really does. <laughs> and then RJ Barrett, who I think has a chance to be a rookie year candidate if he plays well. You know, it's just a matter of you know staying consistent. I think there's a lot of potential there with him. A lot of things have to hit, but I think I think there's a chance that they do, because I think. I I do like Alfred Payne. I told you I've always been a fan of Alfred Payne. I think he could be a solid point guard. Yeah. Uh, I do like uh, Wayne Ellington, who's a sniper yeah. off the bench. I do like uh sure. uh, uh Taj Gibson, who's a solid big man uh, off the bench. I do like uh Bobby Portis, who can definitely play power forward or center and shoot from outside. And he's not uh, afraid to punch a euro. And he will also try to <laughs> fight you if you come you near know. him. Uh-huh. And then, of course, is our boy Kevin Knox, who has looked a lot better so far this year. I um, like my boy Kevin Knox, but I think he's gonna have a lot to learn, and he has a lot to learn behind Marcus Morris, a guy who's not too shabby to learn behind. So, and there's and we have guys even behind them, I think, that can get minutes and, and, with Trier and Pina, you know, and I just think right. we have the depth, and I think we can do it. Yeah, my thing is you got too much depth and not enough
0: talent like I, I I just think it's going to be an issue um, I I, like, I don't know I can't pick the Knicks I just I can't continuity is like totally not a thing and um, it, 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 I don't know there's I just don't think you're going to be that good I don't think you're going to be as bad as people think you're going to be either um, okay I have I, I have the Knicks at 11 which I'd, I wish you had you them maybe, at the bottom can you pick them fifteen? I don't though. I don't single? have them
2: ahead of the Hawks. Um, wow.
0: I, but I don't like. I just. I just, I just don't think they're going to be as bad as people think because I think they're going to actually try to win games this year, which they didn't try to do last year. Um, and I think they're going to be better than a lot of people think. I don't. I, I do not think. I think it's crazy to think they're going to make the playoffs. I think it's a total homer pick. I'm sorry for calling you an idiot, but
1: that that that's
0: you're not an idiot. But you're 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 blinded by your your. Your faith sure. for your team, I
3: guess um, so. which is
0: I'm not usually... which is fine, which is fine. I get it. Um, I am not blinded by my faith for my team. <laughs> I do not think the Hawks are going to make the playoffs. Much to uh, many of my uh, fellow Hawks fans' chagrin, um, they 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 do not like the fact that I do not think they're going to make the playoffs this year. Um, but hey, that's just, that's what I think. Uh, number eight. I have ahead of the Indiana Pacers the Chicago what? Bulls. You on
3: the Pacers I, in the
0: playoffs? Nope. I do not. That's, um that's crazy. There we go. Um uh no, I have the Bulls. I I really like what the Bulls did this off season. I love them adding uh Tomas Tatranski and Thaddeus young. Um I love the fact that they have already integrated Otto Porter into their lineup. I think Levine is going to be that second year away from his ACL injury. I think that could be huge for them as far as his potential. Um, I think Wendell Carter, um, he was hurt a lot last season. I think he could get a lot better. I really, really like Wendell Carter. Um, you know this. I I, I said um, – mm-hmm. Going in into that draft, that I liked him more than I liked Marvin Bagley. Um, so, like, I think I, I still think he's got that that super upside. <laughs> Be yeah. um, like a lot of people Lori Markin, more than Marvin Bagley. Lori, <laughs> that's true, um, but uh, <laughs> but no, but not a lot of people like like uh, like Wendell Carter more than Bagley. I'm just saying. Um, I uh, I like. Um, uh laurie uh and, and now that you know that could potentially be healthy for a whole season great offensive player mm-hmm. um i I think this team has all the right pieces You you have a starting lineup of sadransky um and uh, uh Levine, Otto porter Markkinen, and um uh uh, uh shit um window carter thank you yeah. uh and then and then you have the the key bench components <clears throat> um who who are getting like equal minutes to starters uh with um Thaddeus Young who's just like really fucking great defensively i don't think his his defensive uh abilities get enough shine um and then uh you know you have um uh, uh, yeah, obviously that that their rookie draft pick in um shit forgot his name now too. Um, the kid from Carolina.
1: What's the right? kid, the the, the player uh, from White. Carolina. Co- 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 they, Cody White. Cody. White. Kobe White.
0: White. Um,
1: Kobe White. Like,
0: I think yeah. I think he's <laughs> gonna he's gonna uh, give be given the time uh, because they have Sadaransky. I think they have this like perfect transition period set in place for on. Kobe White. Like, they have Sadoransky, who's going to be their starter this year, and then Kobe White's going to come off the bench. And then over the, three, the, the three-year contract that Sadoransky signed, um, some point in that contract, um, White is going to be able to take over the starting job. But I think for this year, uh, I, I really like Sadoransky being that starter um, he's obviously, he's six foot six. He's, he's a very oversized point guard. He's not like super athletic, but he's like really smart defensively. Um, yeah. and, and like he, he, they had some really great run when John Wall was out with him as their, their starting point guard. And they never really embraced it. Like Washington, they never really embraced him. Uh, and right. I think Chicago is going to do so and I think it's going to have huge benefits for them. Um, I just – I really like this team. I think it's the perfect – to me, this is last year's Kings. They've added the right pieces. I think their young pieces are going to grow, and I think they're going to be able to make a run. Now, maybe they end up being the 9 or 10 seed, um, and they don't end up making the playoffs similar to the Kings last year. They were the ninth seed. They didn't make the playoffs. Um, But I think that given the way that the East is and how weak it is, um, I think they could find themselves making the playoffs um, uh, not easily per se, but I I, I think it's well within reason um, for them to make the playoffs. Um, So, yeah, I like them. All right. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and and delve into my number nine, which is the Indiana Pacers. Um, I don't think they're going to make the playoffs this year. I've got a number of reasons why. Uh, Oladipo is hurt uh, going into the season. There's no timetable for when he's going to come back. Um, No one really knows. Um, I'd love Malcolm Brockton, but I think he is a Perfect role player, and he he will be great next to Oladipo. But like the fact that Oladipo is not going to be around for the you know first couple months of the season, that's going to be very detrimental um, to his um, uh, I guess uh, overall ability uh, and how um, like you're not going to have that that yin to that yang. Uh, there to be able to maximize uh, his potential. Um, The fact that you are losing Bogdanovich and Thaddeus Young, like you're two, like, I won't say elite wing defenders because I wouldn't consider Bogdanovich an elite wing defender, but, like, better than average for sure. Um, He kind of morphed himself into a quality defensive player while he was in Indiana. Um, And, like, they are not replacing that. Um, Sabonis is not a good defender much less a good wing defender um, replacing Dari Young and and TJ Warren is is not a good defender either much less a a good wing defender he's more of a 4 than a 3 you're losing a lot of wing defense which I said earlier um, as far as why I think Celtics are going to be better than I I think um, people project them to be wing defense is so fucking important and the Pacers don't have it. They don't have anybody outside of Brogdon to start the season who can guard wing players and he's going to be busy guarding the guards. Um and like they're just not going to they're not going to be good to start the season. I think they're going to dig themselves a hole. I think if they're smart, they will punt this season and still bring Oladipo back at, you know, his own pace, but my fear is that they rush Oladipo back and he gets hurt again, um, and then you know then they're just fucked for the season and like in the foreseeable future. Um, I I like this team if Oladipo is healthy because um, I really like the pairing of him and Brogdon. I really don't like their forward positions defensively, um, and I think it's going to really hurt them uh in in you know this season and maybe even in the long run if they if they can't figure that out. Um I just think losing Bogdanovich and Thaddeus Young is gonna be a much bigger hit than people project it to be. Um and I think it's only fitting that, you know, I was that one guy on on that on that hill saying the Pacers are gonna make the playoffs when no one else thought the Pacers would make the playoffs and now I'm saying Pacers aren't gonna make the playoffs when I'm the only guy saying the Pacers aren't gonna make the playoffs.
3: So fucking <laughs> I'm, I'm
1: rolling with it. Um I don't
0: think mm-hmm. you're gonna make it, man. I I, I think you're gonna be I think you're gonna be um I think you're gonna be the ninth seed. We got ninety seconds. So um ninety seconds. Yeah. Uh I got uh Detroit, 10, New York, 11, Atlanta, 12, Charlotte, 13, Washington, 14, Cleveland, 15. Run through your 9 through 15.
1: I had Miami, 9, Detroit, 10, Chicago, 11, uh, Atlanta, 12, Cleveland, 13, Washington, 14, Charlotte, 15.
0: Yeah, so we're pretty much the same down there. I think Miami's going to make it. I think Butler will kind of will them. I was I was a little skeptical of that, but I, I and I think they're gonna make a deal that'll that'll like boost them throughout the, the course of the end of the season. But anyway, yeah. we gotta well, wrap it up well, here. Yeah. Fucking the the fucking timer and fucking Daryl Morey. Uh spoiling our uh, <laughs> we would have had so much more time if it wasn't for Daryl Morey. Um but anyway. Uh, this is a fun show, man. I uh, I really enjoyed it. Uh, we're gonna get uh obviously break down the Western Conference next. Uh we're probably gonna do that with Luke on Thursday. Um, but yeah. Uh, as always, cool. uh, super fun. Uh, yep. always enjoy having you on, Joel. And uh, yes, we'll uh, we'll catch y'all on Thursday. Uh, but until yep. then, peace. Peace.